Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Swilcox. In this week's edition of Insight, we're looking into wear and tear, reviewing what listed companies declare, and brushing and combing our hair. No matter what you're aware, you just can't prepare for flexi hoses wear and tear. It's results everywhere that they declare, but not an industry nightmare we share. And au contraire, Marsh have gone all debonair as they dare to ensnare a rare mid-market broking air. Hello, everyone. This week, I'm joined by senior journalist Benice Han, deputy editor Wendy Pugh, editor John Deeks, and chairman Terry McMullen. Good morning, Benice. Morning, Andrew. Before I start my intro, do you say a little prayer? No, not at all for many, many years. <laughs> Hi, Wendy. Good morning, Andrew. It's all a little bit Dr. Seuss today, isn't it? It is a bit Dr. Seuss, yes. I've got no rhymes for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Terry. Hello, Andrew. You're looking at me quizzically. Is that an unfair glare? No, I'm actually looking out the window at the rain pouring down and thinking I, of Dr. Seuss's I wish I had duck feet. <laughs> and good morning, John. Morning. If you're English, it's just more despair, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so, but... Hey, getting to the final wasn't too bad, was it? Pretty good, pretty good. If I congratulate you, I won't be kissing you on the mouth, that's all <laughs> I can say. I'm moving on from that. Wendy, I say another week, another report, but where would we be without them? Anyway, ASIC's long-awaited review of claims handling is out. ASIC looked at 218,000 claims lodged from January to March last year and how they were handled. And, and this is obviously at the time of the um, the flooding and they acknowledge the pressures in dealing with that. But they say there are areas within the control of insurers where they should be making improvements. And specifically, that includes uh, communication with policyholders about what's going on with their claim and better oversight of all the parties involved in ass assessing and completing repairs. And they say insurers need to be better at identifying vulnerable customers and in actually picking up on complaints. And it says insurers need to improve their resourcing of claims handling and internal, internal disputes resolution. Uh, but another thing it highlighted as well is that it's going to conduct further work this financial year on um, potential unfair contract terms relating to maintenance and wear and tear issues. Well, John, you've been looking at a specific issue relating to wear and tear, flexi hoses. Yes, that's right. So um, concern over flexi hoses is is nothing new. These are the, the sort of flexible tubes that uh, link your water supply to your bathroom sink or toilet or dishwasher and washing machine, that kind of thing. They're, they've got a rubber interior, but they're sort of a braided stainless steel exterior usually. As I say, concern about these is nothing new for insurers because there's a huge number of claims coming from burst flexi hoses every year. These things just seem to sort of go off without too much warning. And then, of course, you get water flooding throughout the property. And if it's a multi-storey property, then that can cause serious damage. Even worse, if you're on holiday, for example, and it's it's going for days. But what, what is new, according to um, some chatter on LinkedIn and elsewhere, is that insurers or at least one particular insurer, is is increasingly looking to deny flexi-hose claims due to wear and tear. Uh, now, as far as we're aware, this hasn't happened in the past, and it's a bit of a worry for clients of brokers and, and for direct insurance customers, uh, simply because the, the, of the number of these claims that come through, I suppose. But we found a, an AFCA report, an AFCA determination, I should say, about a claim that was, it was a Suncorp claim 
and it was denied because some corpse expert found rust on the exterior of the hose. And they said, well, okay, we've got a general wear and tear exclusion. This hose was rusted, so we're not we're not going to pay the claim. But AFCA didn't agree. AFCA said, well, the the, um, the rust is there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the reason that the pipe burst. So uh, Suncorp will have to pay that claim, and they may be sort of taking that determination into consideration in future. Look, the, the consumer groups don't like this. It's it's an example of uh, applying a wear and tear exclusion in a situation where the insured may not be aware of the hose, may not be aware that they need to to check it every so often, replace it every so many years. You know, probably not many of us are under the under the sinks on a regular basis checking our flexi hoses, but <clears throat> perhaps we should be. And John, am I right in thinking that recent mainstream media coverage of some of these issues has left you cold? Yeah, that's a fair a fair comment. Um, <laughs> there was some fairly strong coverage in the Herald Sun on Saturday, which attempted to sum up some of the recent reports from regulators and complaint statistics from from AFCA and sort of juxtapose those against uh, insurers' recent profit reporting. It came under the headline, Our Insurers Are Floody Useless. Now, for some reason, they decided to accompany this article with a panel on insurance CEOs, how much they earn and, and even where they live, which uh, was headlined, The Fat Cats Pocketing Your Premiums. Um, it, it seemed to me a bit of a tired trick, but we saw similar coverage way back after the Brisbane floods in, in 10, 11. And I guess CEOs do get paid a lot, but that's hardly news and it's hardly an insurance specific issue either. We know there are problems in insurance at the moment, but it'd be nice to see a bit more of an intelligent analysis of the reasons behind them rather than this sort of coverage. I think there's thousands of hardworking and highly skilled people in our industry, doing the best for the insured customers and to label them useless is a bit much. Well, what do you reckon, Terry? Are CEOs fair game? Well, it's all a bit of a hypocritical game, isn't it, really, Andrew? I mean, what bewilders me is that most of this stuff is, is coming from newspapers owned by a company whose owner's wealth and lifestyle is really rather more extraordinary than the life of any insurance CEO. I don't see any of them mentioned in that piece who've been swanning around the Mediterranean on a yacht for the past couple of weeks. It costs 800 grand American a week to hire. And in the context of the article, why they included life insurance CEOs and why they think Allianz is Swiss really does illustrate just how, really how shallow that research is. It's cheap journalism. It fills a couple of pages and it does nothing more than build resentment against people who can't fight back. Envy articles like this really are hypocritical. If Nick Hawkins was living in a three-bedroomer in Kellyville, we'd, we'd really all have cause to worry. So what you're saying is you're just calling them a bunch of flexi hose <laughs> With rusty ends. With rusty ends. Well, in uh, it's different news, it was IAG's turn to present results yesterday, Bernice. How were they tracking? Uh, yeah, so the headline numbers came in uh, pretty well for IAG. Um, GWP came in better than expected, came in at $14.7 That's like 10.6% up from 
the previous financial year comparison. So uh, that's mostly a reflection of the price rises that IAG has made to cover rising claims costs, reinsurance costs, etc. And uh, retentions have remained very strong despite the rate rises. And CEO Nick Hawkins, who was speaking at a briefing, described the retentions as very reassuring for IAG. So um, for this FY24 financial year, IAG has is expecting claim inflation of 5 to 10% and GWP growth to be in the low double digits, driven again by rate rises. Um, Mr. Hawkins also mentioned that around 20% of premiums collected now go towards covering the cost of reinsurance and cost of perils. And in 2016, it was just 13% of premiums. So he's saying that the trend is expected to uh, no, tr continue on this path as reinsurance costs continue to go up for uh, IAG. Good enough results for uh, Nick Hortons to move out of his three-bedroom house in Box Hill, perhaps. Well, we also had the first of the listed brokers report last week, Wendy. Yes, well, Steadfast delivered its annual results and it was, you know, very buoyant about how everything was going. You know, they're benefiting from, you know, all these premium rate rises and, and also higher interest rates because of the funds that they have on deposit. Uh, and of course, they continue to be uh, active with acquisitions and bought insurance brands Australia in the past year and continue to make um, acquisitions of broker equity within uh, their own network. So underlying net profit was up 22.5% um, to $207 million, and they were pretty buoyant on their outlook as well. Just on the technology front, it's seeing strong increases in the amount of GWP going through the Steadfast client trading platform. And uh, Robert Kelly says they'll also soon be announcing what they're doing around an expansion in North America. And they say there'll be more details about that at the AGM in late October. Well, Benice, we also published a breaking news on Monday after a major broker acquisition was announced. Yeah, so Marsh, the global broking giant, has agreed to acquire Hornan, uh, an Australian broker with more than 400 employees here in New Zealand, Singapore and Malaysia. So uh, market talk of sale has been going on for a while, in fact for months, and a number of other potential buyers were said to be interested as well. But turns out Marsh has probably outbid them all. Um, terms of the deal, including the price, have not been disclosed. Um, the deal is subject to regulatory approvals and expected to close later this year if all goes well. So Marsh has said that the acquisition will strengthen its presence in the mid-market segment and that any decision on uh, branding, etc. will be worked through as part of the integration plans. Once it's done, uh, Marsh says that you know its total colleagues uh, staff size in the region is going to uh, be in excess of uh, 2,500. Yeah. Does this merger make sense to you, Terry? Yeah. From what I've heard around the traps, the asking price for Honan was a bit on the high side for some of the locals, but it makes sense for them to go to Marsh. Marsh has a, a big hunk of the corporate market and it's been moving to broaden its mid-market and its SME opportunities for, for quite a while, moving down market a bit from corporate. Honan brings with it 30,000 clients and specialties that Marsh already has a big interest in. So the, the greater weight of, of Marsh in that sector, I, I think, was likely to heat up competition in the mid-market over time. Well, finally, John, we were tipped off last week about a significant employee fraud. Yes, that's right. There was a court case, the Brisbane District Court, and a former claims officer of travel insurer Covermore was jailed for five years after admitting defrauding his employer of more than two. $220,000. Zachary Clark had a pretty cunning scheme where he would use fictitious identities to buy policies, then put in a claim, and then 
quickly hop onto the system and, and deal with that claim himself and, and pay it into a bank account under his control. He did this over a two-year period and 204 claims. And what he what he did every time was make sure that the claim was under $2,000 because he knew that Covermore wouldn't audit any claims that were below that amount. He also brought two friends into the scam, proving another 23 claims for their benefit. Eventually, Covermore realized that something was up and reviewed three suspicious claims and called the police. Clark confessed at the first opportunity, but he did try to justify his behavior. He said, I'm only being paid $60,000 a year. So maybe uh, that was a, a reference to the fact that he thought he was owed something. He also said that Zurich, who owns Covermore, makes huge profits billions of dollars so what's 200,000 but yeah the judge wasn't impressed with that um sent him to jail for 5 years although he will be able to apply for parole uh, from November next year father of 3 he had gambling and and alcohol addictions which uh i guess uh, drove the behavior but yeah if you get involved in this kind of stuff you're going to get caught eventually i suppose they always seem to get caught in the end terry yeah, it, it sometimes surprises me how long it takes for people to get caught, though. We, we've seen this happen often enough. But really, you know, employee fraud happens in every industry. And really, when you consider the amount of money that moves through the insurance industry, it's not that common at all for employees to misbehave. In fact, most of the industry frauds that we've covered over the years have been committed by the principals. So <laughs> I don't think that we can take anything very much from that. There's just yet another case of, of somebody trying to, you know, use the system to their benefit. Well, I hope Covermore checks their management liability policy. That brings us to the end of this week's Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, Wendy Pugh, Benice Han, John Deeks, and Terry McMullen. Enjoy your week, and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week, where we'll discover that the Herald Sun believe that Zurich is a German-based insurer. <laughs>